you are about to enjoy in It Takes Three Network Podcast. How are you feeling, friend? Like I'm sharing a sauna with the Blue Man Group. Go with it. You're in the spirit world, man. This is the very last part of your journey. Ryan likes journey. Squeak of the chair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Welcome back to Let's Talk OC and OC Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. And this week we're discussing season four, episode 11, The Dream Lover. Original air date, January 18th, 2007, written by Layla Gerstein and directed by Patrick Norris. Che and Seth take a trip to a forest where Che has a dream and discovers that his spirit might be in love with someone unexpected. Meanwhile, Taylor decides what's best for her, and Julie works her way back into Kirsten's life the only way she knows how. Yeah. It's so funny because in my notes, I called it the the dream catcher. And so when you said the dream lover, I was like, wait, that's not what it's called. But no, it's I'm wrong. And you're right, obviously. Dream catcher would have worked. The dream catcher. And then I'm thinking like, why would they call it that? It didn't make any sense. The dream catcher. Right. But the dream lover makes more sense. It does. With the Che. And the sort of The spirit animal. I don't know what that's about. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So. Did you remember this? Only from talking about it with you, but not, I didn't remember any of that, like, hike. None of that. Yeah. So. I didn't really remember anything that happens in this episode. The stuff with Taylor and Henri Michelle, which was so frustrating. Uh, Yeah, so I'm excited to talk about it because it's actually been a few days since I've watched it. And so I need a refresher. Well, that's what we're here for. Here we are. I have that all for I'm you. I'm so excited. Liz. So usually before we get into the episode, we give you our scoop of the week. But this week is really special because our ice cream correspondent will be joining us in the second half of the show and he's going to give it to us live. Oh my God, live on air. I'm so excited. So stay tuned for that. So let's get into this episode. Seth and Ryan are in the Cohen's kitchen discussing Seth's engagement and simultaneously Taylor and Summer are discussing Taylor's breakup with Ryan. Neither pairing is talking to the other and both are ignoring, ignoring phone calls. They're both looking at their phones. Yeah, everyone's phones are on the table. Waiting for the other one to make a move, but no one's making the move. Ryan isn't going to talk to Taylor until Henri Michelle leaves, but it turns out that he wants Taylor to live with him while he runs in Newport. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. We I all, digress. Yes. Uh, what else is ridiculous is we find out Che is flying to Newport because he's getting weird Seth vibes. Also ridiculous. Yeah, they just threw things in this episode. Yeah, not one of my favorites. No, definitely not. Probably the worst of the season, if I had to rate. So not far. That it, not that it was bad. Yeah, so far that we've seen. Not that it was bad by any means. It just really felt like, meh, yeah. didn't need to do any of it. Summer approaches Ryan at work to try to get information about Seth because she hasn't heard from him since she turned down the proposal. And Ryan is an awful liar. He denies that anything he's heard about a proposal. And then he tells Summer that he has pink eye <laughs> and that Seth has actually been uh, that he's been helping Seth with pink eye. Right. 
Yeah. Even though that's contagious, so you probably wouldn't help someone with that. Right. And then Summer <laughs> questions him on Taylor, and he tells her he's not speaking to her until Henri leaves. So then that's when Summer fills him in of like, ooh, just want to let you know he plans on renting here. So that's going to be an issue. Yeah. And even in the beginning, too, I wrote in my notes that Ryan says to Seth, it's not like Summer didn't say she, say she didn't love you. Right. So like, what are you stressing about? But also this is Seth and his pride, I guess. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I understand that, you know, to an extent. Yeah. And I, and again, they started off so rocky. Right. Because she shut him out because she was dealing with the Marissa thing and he was there for her in his right. own way possible. The way we started out the season. Yeah. And so for him to propose and then her to turn it down and then... They play that whole game, and the way she turned it down, he probably would have just been happy of her being like, I guess she should have stressed, like, I still want to be with you. Like, she should have said it more. Yeah, made him feel comfortable. I need to work on myself. And one day. Yeah, one day. So, yeah, maybe the way she presented it to him, it could have been a little bit more understanding of his feelings, that she still loves him. She still wants to continue a relationship with him, just doesn't want to be married right yeah. now. And I mean, he also told her that he would put off RISD for a semester yeah. so they could go together. So this is kind of hurtful. Yeah. Just look, just playing the Seth defensive card. Totally. No, I understand. So Seth heads to Summer's house to finally talk to her, and he sees Che doing Tai Chi in her living room and eating figs. <laughs> and Che mentions how he's there for Seth because... Summer and Seth saved him. So now he wants to save Seth because he's been emasculated since she turned down the proposal (laughs) and that his male animus is hurt. Okay, sure. So Summer comes in and she starts asking Seth about pink eye and he says, well, no, it was sciatica. And then when it heads to the eye, it turns pink. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, okay, whatever, but I'm planning a date night for you. And so she has this big elaborate plan. Which I loved. Yeah. So later that night, Summer plans a date. She decorates her room with lights, has video games out, his favorite records, Thai food. I mean, I want to go on I this date. I loved this whole thing. It was really cute. And she tells him that she wants to get married someday, but just not yet. But Seth just, he can't get past it and he feels sick. So frustrating. I mean, I understand. And I loved this whole spread. Oh, me too. And I loved, this is what I've been asking for in this relationship. I feel like we never really see many romantic moments and I'm like oh she's doing a gesture a big grand gesture it's so sweet and then we don't really get like a great reaction yeah reaction to that so kind of sad I feel their romantic gestures were played on very early in the series right coffee cart moments both of them even though the second time summer was denied because yeah whatever (laughs) and we had the spider-man kiss we had the dance in the the room to their song I know yeah, I feel like it just lacked well, now come three and four. Yeah, and now they're going through some things, so it's hard for them to mm-hmm. deal Have with those the, moments the trivial part of it. Yeah. Well, anyway, so Seth heads downstairs because he's not feeling well, and he runs into Che, and Trey again brings up his animus and asks if he can fix him. <laughs> so the next, like, at this point, yeah, sure. Like, you can fix me? <laughs> and he's turning to Che for this. So the next morning, Summer finds a note on her kitchen counter that Che is with Seth and they went on a hike. So they head out on this hike 
and they're hiking for hours. Mm -hmm. Seth is exhausted, and Che explains that his spirit animal is trapped and sick. And the plan is we have to spend the night in the forest so we can contact your animal. (laughs) Which at this point, Seth's like, no, I'm not sleeping in the woods. Can we please go back to the car? And he's like, well, uh, the car is six hours away. Six hours. And it's going to get dark. And at this point, Seth slaps Che across the face. And that's exactly what I would have done. I know. It was really, I have to say, the comedic part of that made me laugh a lot. Yeah. And so they start to build what is essentially a sweat bath, a sauna. And Seth got hungry. And so he ate some wild berries. (laughs) (laughs) Which it's like if you've seen the wild, or not the wild. What's that one with Emile Hirsch that that book into the wild? But was that out? No. I think, yeah, that book's been out for a long time. But, like, you're not supposed to eat the berries. Well, I know that. I mean, I feel you learn that as a kid. You just don't. You just don't eat berries that you see in the world or anywhere, in the park, wherever it is. You don't eat it. Right, without a guide. And what's funny is Seth is like, oh, is that okay? And Che's like, he laughs at him. He's like, oh, it'll be okay. He's like, it's awesome or something. So they're both in the tent. Seth is sweating profusely. Che is drumming. And Seth ends up having a vision that he's going through his house looking for his parents Mm -hmm. and Che. He goes into his bedroom, which opens up to the pool house. And he sees the cutest little sea otter in the pool. Adorable. And he calls out and he he has this conversation with the otter. You understand? And he mimics him. And he's like... (laughs) Which is really funny. Yeah, that part was funny. (laughs) And so he snaps out of it and he tells Che the dream. And he's like, oh my God. My spirit animal is a sea otter, and I'm healed, and we have to leave right now so I can tell Summer. And Che is quite surprised that it's it's an an otter. otter. Huh. Interesting. And at first, I'm like, what does this mean? Right. An otter, is that some sort of bad symbol? No. But no, it means something entirely different. And while they're sweating and in the sauna, he says he's sweating, and... And he says he feels like he's in the blue man group, which was really funny. And Che's like, oh, it's all part of the journey. And Seth goes, Ryan likes journey. Ryan likes journey. Yeah. It's a very funny scene. Meanwhile, so like we mentioned, Henri wants to stay in Newport and live with Taylor. So we see them going over floor plans and Taylor is impressed with how much he wants to be with her. Yeah. But doesn't Henri feel like he's second best? Well, I think so. I mean, the whole time he feels this way. And now he's kind of turned it into competition. Yeah. And so she tells Henri that it was never going to work with Ryan because he doesn't even like cheese. So funny. I've never heard him express he doesn't like cheese, but now it just all makes sense. Well, it 100% (laughs) makes a lot of sense. But the thing, in all honesty, the most important is the fact that Henri is open about his feelings and he can tell Taylor that he loves her and that's what resonates with her. This is all she is harping on. Yeah, and even... She gets in her head, and then all of a sudden, he says, I love you. And she's like, oh, okay, can you say it again and again and again? She need, It just needs to be drilled into oh, her. It's so frustrating. So Ryan knows he has to talk with Taylor. He heads to the Cooper Roberts house, and Caitlin stops him in the driveway. And she gives him advice to say, you need to step up your game, and you need to bring her a present. So go to the Quickie Mart and just pick up some gummy bears and a balloon and a bear. And that's what he does. He does do that. He doesn't really put... And he thought no. in it, he's like, okay, gummy bear, bears, got it. And maybe a tiny balloon. <laughs> so he shows up to Henri's hotel room with the bear, with a cup this of gummy so bears awkward. and a tiny balloon. And Taylor isn't there. And Henri tells Ryan that the gift is a bit juvenile, but it is from the heart. 
And oh, by the way, we're moving in together on Monday. Yeah. There's like no sweat off his like brow. Henri? No. It's like, yeah, we're going to move in together. Oh, it's sweet. Almost like, yeah, Ryan, continue to do what you need to do. Please. But it's not going to happen. And it's only helping me out. So yeah. continue your pathetic tries. <laughs> so Ryan leaves and Taylor comes back and Henri shows Taylor what Ryan brought her. And you can tell this means something to her, but she also shuts it down so fast. She throws the bear out and tells Henri, like, please tell me you love me. And why? Like, I need to hear it. Yeah. So Ryan goes to Summer and he has Ryan call Taylor to ask her to come over that she's making a fancy meal and she wants Taylor to join her. But the big plan here is so Ryan can have Taylor alone and tell her how he feels. Right. She makes a throwback comment to how he's not really the coffee cart type, which I like that they Mm -hmm. did this because it's such a Summer and Seth thing. And then she tells him to take a deep breath, just tell her how you feel and make sure you don't choke. (laughs) And at this point, she grabs his neck and she's choking him. And it's so funny because I feel... We don't get a lot of Ryan and Summer moments. No, and even the beginning where she comes over and she's like, at one, he's like, Roberts. I know, I love it. Yeah, like they don't, their friendship is cute. We just don't see it. And you can tell they do support each other yeah. behind the scenes. And I just love how he was like small hands and she's like big throat. Yeah, you got a big neck. <laughs> <laughs> so Taylor arrives looking for Summer, but sees Ryan the weasel. He wants to apologize, but Taylor wants to know all the reasons why. And he said... How we feel is much more important than we what we have to talk about, which I felt was a really good point. Right. And as we know, Ryan, he's not much of a talker. Well or an expressive person. Well, this is the problem because he can't seem to get any more words yeah. out. And so she's like, Well, Henri's reading a poem about me tomorrow at the bookstore and storms out. They work they operate differently. And that's why they work. Yes. Kind of. And so to me, if I was Taylor, knowing how poorly Ryan of a communicator Ryan is and our history and we're new, if you send me that teddy bear and gummy bears, I'd be like, oh, okay, this is a way Ryan's trying to show me something. I'm not just going to write it off that quickly. But also it shows how much she doesn't really know how he's been in past relationships. Right, she doesn't. So Taylor is really mad at Summer for tricking her and Summer is she's caught up with talking about starting a non-for-profit she wants yeah, to like with the animals with an animals yeah and so taylor continues continues going off about ryan and how she you know he brought her a dumb stuffed animal and summer's like wait hold up he bought you a stuffed animal with candy he's never done anything I've like that i've never seen any him do anything like that like that's huge you have no idea what this means and so taylor rushes back to Henri's hotel digs out the trash looking for the stuffed animal yeah. and he's like what are you doing she's like oh no i'm just making sure the maid service did their job and he's like listen there's nothing wrong with wanting a memento you can keep that it's <laughs> so strange i know and she says no no i I just want to be with someone who is not afraid to tell me their feelings for me. Right. So Ryan needs to clear his head and he heads to the beach for a run and we see Surf Sandy. Finally, one tiny cameo in this episode. Right. And he tells him about the bear and the candy and how it might have done more harm than good. Mm. And so then Sandy coming in with that sound advice is like, listen, in this situation, you could either do something or you can do nothing. It's up to you. Right. And then he says that being with Taylor is like a roller coaster. It's exciting. Yes. But maybe he's just not ready to say, I love you because, I mean, they have only been dating for less than two months at this point. So 
he's doesn't even really know how he feels. And so right. Taylor's just stating, hey, say something. You know what I want you to say. And he can't. Yeah. I don't blame him. No. He's trying to figure out how he feels about her. And, the, and that's Sand, what Sandy is essentially saying. Of like, just say that. Just say, just say anything. anything. Just say any feelings. Right. Just one thing. Right. I like you. I like your eyes. You're funny. Something. You make me laugh. Yeah, I'm enjoying my time with you. Just give her a little bit so that she can grasp onto that and not have to grasp onto Henri Michelle just saying I love you when he can love like a bird. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> so we get to the reading in the bookstore of the poem and we see all these women. They're swooning. <laughs> God, these like middle-aged women. <laughs> oh, over Henri's words, Ryan arrives and it gets really comical and dramatic because the music turns. Yeah. And Ryan goes, wait, I have a poem too. I was like, what the hell is this? It was really funny. Yes. Uh, the woman at the bookstore turns him down and says, this is not karaoke. And Henri's like, no, no, no. Let's see what he has to say. We cannot deny someone who wants to bear their soul. So we know he just wants him to fail. Ryan gets up, starts to read it. He can't get through it. But the poem is, I don't know how to write. A haiku 575 seems too tight. Oh. Then there are three little words I'm not able to say. But Taylor, this is what I can tell you today. Though I can't see these words to you tonight, please stick with me because someday I feel I might. Oh. It's really I cute. really, I think I shed a tear a little bit here. Right? I was really taken aback and I thought it was very sweet. Ryan never, ever does romantic gestures like that. And he felt the need to compete with Henri for Taylor, which I feel like regardless of his relationship with Marissa, I feel like he really is starting to understand how to be a boyfriend, I guess. Like, you know, they were in high school, him and Marissa, and he never really needed to make a grand gesture, except the only thing I can think of is a New Year's Eve kiss, even though it really Mm. wasn't. That's true. So... I know, I was thinking about that too, because in one episode, he buys a bear, gummy bears... And also writes a little poem. And writes a poem. Two things. That's huge. That's huge for Ryan Atwood. If you know him, you think, okay, Ryan must really like this girl. He just, he's not great at showing his emotion with words. Right. I mean, and Ryan shows he loves you by being there for you, sticking up for you. Punching punching people. (laughs) And, you know, his last relationships were with Teresa when they were young. So you don't really right. do much you with that. You don't really need to do anything there. And Marissa was so much drama that he just had to rescue her. Yeah. And she had to rescue him. So it was like this mutual exchange. Right. And, and that was his way of showing was. he did love her. Yeah. But he doesn't really know how to do like that basic relationship thing. Right. Which so, is cute. Yeah. And so <laughs> Henri sees how Taylor reacts. He runs out of the store. And Taylor goes back to the room and to go find him. And she sees the bear with the candy and a note from Henri that says, I love you, but I love love more. Duh. So before we wrap up, let's discuss Caitlin and new match. Caitlin. Caitlin and Will are doing pretty well. They're having fun making out and they're discussing grades. Turns out Caitlin's doing pretty good. Yeah, he's in influenced school. her, I guess, a little bit too. 
keep on track. Yeah, but there's some jealousy happening with Will's band members, specifically Lucy. Oh, Lucy. She's a firecracker. She is. She has a major crush on Will, and she has it out for Caitlyn. And she doesn't care who knows it. No. She is obsessed with him. Every little thing. I smelled his hair. I wore his jacket. I lent him a pen. I, I took a piece of hair from him. Like, she's stalker status, and she will fight to the death. Yeah, and... So there turns out there's going to be a bake sale happening and Will is a part of it. And Caitlin wasn't going to attend, but she low-key gets th- threatened by Lucy yeah. saying that if she shows up, she's going to kick her face in. And so Caitlin's like, mm, you don't know who you're messing with. And duh, of course, I'm going to show up now. Right. I'm just like, ball- like ballsy Lucy to right? compete with Caitlin, who I'm sure in the school has a reputation of being a bitch or something where like don't mess with her right and you know earlier in this season we saw she had that house party to get back at the yeah she gets what she wants normally so like don't mess with caitlin it's just a different reputation than marissa because marissa was you know social chair had good grades yeah was popular and nice caitlin is a little rough around the edges she is she's the rebellious one for sure everyone knows it and the teacher, like everyone, the teacher everyone. knows it. So I I wouldn't think I would compete with her. But I no. guess Lucy really has her set eyes set on Will. Yeah, so she, Caitlin shows up to the bake sale and Will's surprised to see her. And Lucy and her crew make it so clear that she's not welcome here. Like yeah. This isn't her territory. This is the band's territory. So her and Caitlin have words. She apologizes that Will doesn't like her, but she didn't do anything. Which I was like, this is fair. True. You're, you're coming at me, yet... Will and I like each other. There's yeah. nothing I can do about that. I'm sorry that you didn't get there first. Right. And Lucy's just so upset because, like we said, she's obsessed. She's liked him ever since he moved here. And the fact is, you don't actually appreciate anything that makes Will Will. You make fun right. of everything he does, and you know I'm right. So this leads to Caitlin to break up with Will. Yeah. Like, is this supposed to be a selfless act? It didn't come across that way because she really hurt him. She didn't say it was in a way where, hey, we're both from two different worlds. The classic scenario that happens in the OC. She just lets him down saying, like, you're a loser. Yeah, she's like, you're the king of dorks. And now you can do all the dork things that dorks do. Fuck you. (laughs) If I was little, I'd be like, screw you. Never talk to me ever again. There's a way to talk to someone, and you clearly didn't do it. It's so weird, too, because when we saw our main friends, right, in high school, the way they spoke to each other wasn't necessarily that immature. Like, sometimes their actions were immature. They'd be like, oh, we're from two different worlds. This just isn't working. I don't know how to talk to you. Caitlin is so immature, and she's so nasty. I understand why she is the way she is. I mean, look, we talk about that all the time. But I I don't know why, but her... 15-year-old lingo is so annoying and juvenile. Yeah, and she just always says something with an attitude. Yeah. It's always a bother to her. She's right, you're wrong. It's just that typical, like, narcissistic teenager who thinks my shit don't stink. But meanwhile, she's hurting. But she's hurting, yeah. I really defensive. She liked this guy. And now, in a way to, I don't know if it was, to benefit will i think so yeah like i know what's best for you trust me on this right now she you could can have go just be you said that well yeah well that's asking a lot right. yeah kirsten kirsten she, at this point isn't talking to julie and julie is trying her hardest to get her attention she sends her a cookie bouquet and she keeps calling her she then 
Uh, Kirsten gets a call from Spencer saying that one of the dudes, Chaz, has chlamydia. And she has to call all the women. And Kirsten's like, why can't you do it? And he's like, oh, no, I'm in Mexico. And this is your company. So you have to do this. I can't believe Spencer's in it for this long. Do Do we need him here? No. No, not at all. So Kirsten's like, I am not doing this. no. Fuck this. So she calls Julie and Julie's like, Kiki, you're calling. Yeah. And she tells Julie, like, you need to tell these women that they have chlamydia. And Julie's like, well, the thing is, like, we're partners. You're liable. And Kirsten's like, well, I'm not doing it. She's like, listen, I'll do the talking if you do the driving. I wonder if, I'm surprised Kirsten didn't, didn't, like, figure out that this was like a ploy from would you though? Julie. i i immediately thought that what was what it was really yes i'm like julie just wants to get back with kirsten and like at least have her talk to her and this is the only way i mean i remembered about this so essentially what is julie this whole thing was a lie yeah but was hysterical are the steps that happened because we see the first person they meet with they're in the pier plaza and Julie, we see her talking to a woman and they end up hugging. Yeah, like, ah, And Kirsten's fine. like, there's no way you told the truth. She goes over, she tells the woman, like, hey, you have chlamydia. And the woman's like, what? Like, right. I'm going to sue. So it kind of seems like it could be true. Yeah. Because Kirsten, Julie's allowing Kirsten to flat out tell this woman you might have chlamydia. <laughs> right. And Kirsten's so pissed. She's like, you had one job. Why couldn't have you done this? And so it turns out, like we said, it was all a scheme. It was just to have Julie talk to Kirsten because we end up seeing Spencer. He's not actually in no. Mexico. So this is what all spoils it. And Julie's like, well, don't worry about it. Like, I told the five meanest women and it's okay. <laughs> let, let them think they have chlamydia. <laughs> and she's like, Kirsten, I can't live without you. And obviously you can't live without me. And so they end up going to dinner together because she knows Julie's the best friend she's got. Yeah, she misses her best friend. She sucks as a business partner. But hey, I miss my best friend. It's all right. <laughs> Julie. Like letting five women think they have chlamydia. I'm yeah, glad no one has chlamydia. Part. That's but, the awful part. Right. Okay, so to wrap up, we have Seth and Che. They get home from their journey. Seth rushes up to tell Summer that he's healed and he's ready to love. And she's so excited because she's looking at all these animals to start a non- uh, non-for-profit. And he's like, oh, my animal's an otter. And she's like, oh, my God, otters are so cute. They're so cute. Let's start a foundation to save them. Meanwhile, Che is in the kitchen. And Julie's there, and she. This is so weird. And she tells, he tells Julie that his spiritual animal is a frog, and she's like, "Okay, well, I'm really happy that it's a frog." It's just so random that he's telling Julie this. I know, and that you had a magical day, and he says how he found love in an otter, and Julie's like, "Um, okay, I'm happy for you. Like, we got to get you out of my fucking kitchen. Yeah, stop talking to me. Right, and so then." We see Che longingly look at a picture of Seth. Mm, Let's just slap her face. I just slapped my face. Like that emoji. Why? Because why? Why did we need to do this? Why do we have to utilize this character for such stupid shit? (laughs) I hate this. Anyway. Except the one part when they were chanting, I really did laugh out loud. Yes. Because Seth's like getting in the music. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Other than that, this whole thing, I hated. Oh, it's stupid. (laughs) Uh, But the last we see, Ryan is at home. He's outside with that outdoor fireplace going. Oh, so nice. man, I want that. Yeah. 
Uh, but Taylor comes by. She tells Ryan that while she doesn't love Henri Michelle, she doesn't want to be with Ryan either. Yeah, which I was surprised to hear that. And she doesn't want him to say those words. Right. Because it turns out that she's not ready and she feels that she shouldn't be with anyone until she's strong on her own. Which I think is, hey, that's a great reason and probably should have figured that out before. But, you know, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen that way. Right. Where you feel like you're not ready because it's all too much at one time. Right. I didn't expect this. Actually, I didn't remember this happening. Yeah. So they both agree that this actually makes sense. And Taylor says that she will cherish the poem forever. Yes. And Ryan said, just so you know, like I meant everything yeah. in there. Just so you know. And she's like, okay, no. So I mean, it's like Ryan was getting there emotionally, trying to. And all of this went awry because she lied to Henri Michel about who he actually was. Right. With the philosophy and him writing. I mean, right. that's how this so all it's st- it stems from that. And Ryan doesn't understand why she couldn't just accept and not have to lie about who he was. Right. So I get that. And then he, surprisingly, like, she did something to him. He doesn't call her, but then he does the romantic gestures. And now she's closing the chapter on it. Like, well, no, actually, I'm not ready for this. Yeah, but good for her to realize. Good for her. Because it's clear she is so codependent on love, whatever, whoever gives her attention. And she's so self-aware. We talk about this. We've talked about this before on that people... When they latch onto her, she just latches right back. And she doesn't really know her self alone. I yeah. Guess. And even in the beginning of the episode, Seth says, Listen, you shouldn't ignore Taylor. She doesn't do well with abandonment. No, she doesn't. So, right. But it's good. Yeah. No, it's for the best. It's sad, but it's, I think it's for the best. And we said too, when, in, even in the beginning of this season, we were like, Hey, Ryan, being alone, you're going to deal it's with the cool. Marissa grief. Perhaps you should just grieve a little bit. You don't have to rush into a relationship. Right. And I felt like they, yeah, they didn't need to do that right away. Maybe, excuse me, right? Maybe if we had a few episodes in between and then towards the end of the season, it was like, oh, they're starting to blossom into something because he was more ready and she was more ready. Yeah, but, but I they think, did it so quick because, you know, it's the end of the show and they wanted to do right. what they wanted to do. And so. also, Taylor is a very intense personality. So the whole pacing thing would not have no, worked. No, she latches right on yeah. to whoever is there. And it's it's very intense. Yeah. So we're going to take a short break and then we'll be back with Mike. I'm so excited. Welcome back from break. And we are joined... By our ice cream correspondent in the flesh, Michael Dell underscore Vasto. Woohoo! Hello, everyone. I guess not kind of in the flesh, virtual flesh. In the voice. <laughs> in the voice. <laughs> that that's better. In the voice. How are you, Mike? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you two? We're good. We're so excited to have you. Yes, very I'm excited. Super excited. I've watched the episode like four times. I made like two pages of like comments. <laughs> Oh my god, I love I, it. I'm here for it. I've been resting my voice all day so that I it doesn't I didn't lose it for this. So this funny one. that you say that because I never think about doing that. Me neither. Ever. Me neither. And we talk all, all the time. time. <laughs> my one of my friends told me to um, they like messaged me last day. They're like, make sure you have lots of like lemon water or tea. 
to, to soothe your voice. I love it. You're so much more prepared than <laughs> we, we should are. Do that. We should do that. <laughs> Especially for the long night. I just had coffee, so I, my vocal folds are going to be like, <laughs> like I tight. seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> But we're super excited to hear what your scoop of the week is this week. It w- you know, in the beginning of the show, I teased it of stay tuned. So I'm pumped up. I can't t- wait to hear what you put together. So take it away, Mike. Okay. So this week I was going between two and I ultimately chose uh, Ben and Jerry's Give Me S'more. So it's mm-hmm. toasted marshmallow ice cream with some chocolate uh, cookie swirls, some graham cracker and fudge flakes. So I chose this. I'll start with the marshmallow. Well, marshmallows are in Rice Krispie Treats, and Will was manning the Rice Krispie station at the Bake Off or Bake Sale, whatever. (laughs) Bake Sale, sorry. So I wanted something with marshmallow. Also, s'mores is a campfire camping um, staple, and with Seth and Che's little camping experience, if we call it that. So I thought that was fitting with it. And the pieces of Graham Crocker, the broken pieces, kind of symbolize Seth being broken uh, with him and Summer's relationship. Also, Ryan and uh, Taylor being broken with their relationship, as well as the eventual breakup of Will and Caitlin. And I think that, oh, um, also with the s'mores, and camping also goes with, you know, you run the risk when you are camping of seeing bears. And I wanted that to symbolize the teddy bear that uh, Ryan gives for uh, Taylor. Wow. Lovely. Always a pleasure, Mike. Mike always. so good. <laughs> yeah, so the, good. Uh, the other flavor was called, uh, it was also Ben and Jerry's, it's the Lampfire Trail Mix. But mm. I didn't go with it because Che and Seth were not glamping. So I vetoed that one out and went with the snores. No, it definitely Remember. was not glamping. Yeah. It definitely was the opposite not. of glamping. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wow, I've never had an, either of those flavors. Neither have I. They sound delicious. Yeah. I love anything s'mores flavored. Mm. Delicious. Yeah. All right. So let's get into our questions and comments from our listeners. We're going to start off, as always, with our girl Tish. I'm really I get to do that. Yay! I was hoping you would do that because it's funny when we have our friends on and you know siblings and we do that and they look. I'm like, guys, no, you have to do it. Come on! Tish says, "Hey, ladies and Mike, this is the lowest rated episode of this series with an 8.8 on TV.com and a seven on IMDb. Series or season? Series? Series? Yeah, I could see that." Caitlin tells Ryan the 15-year-old is right. Willa Holland is actually that age, 15 and a half by the time this episode aired. Oh, wow. Ryan buys a gift from the Quickie Mart. The Quickie Mart is a fictional convenience store from The Simpsons. Yes. And then with two votes, Ryan and Seth are tied for TV.com's MVP. And she put in parentheses, I mean, I guess. No, I don't see that, but okay. Yeah, she says she very much dislikes this episode, and that is her least favorite episode of the series. Wow, yeah. Everything about it is frustrating. The only saving grace was Kirsten and Julie, even though that was meh. She understands that Taylor explains herself at the end, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it's super frustrating that Taylor expects Ryan to say, I love you, after they've only been dating six weeks at most. They got together just before Christmas, and it's probably mid to late January now, so it's been six weeks. Right. Here's a question for Mike. How did you get into the OC? How many times have you seen the show? What is your favorite episode? 
And do you actually eat the ice cream you pair with the (laughs) (laughs) episodes each week? Okay. So how I got into the OC, it was the biggest buzz. Um, I wrote in when I first started listening to Let's Talk OC that my grade eight teacher, he posted as our journal topic uh, how we felt after watching the finale, the season one finale. Um, and then the following day was also the Friends finale. So I always remember those two days being like linked, like the OC season one ending the day before Friends ended. So like that wow. season finale kind of always sticks in into my head. And everyone was talking about the OC. It got so much buzz. Um, so I just started watching it, um, you know, episode here and there when I could catch it. Uh, and then eventually it got them on DVD and I binged the season. Or I, I binged the series once every year, all the way through from season one, all the way to season four every year. Wow. It's wow. yeah. a lot of years. So how yeah. many times is that? You've so seen the show. Probably like I'd say maybe 10, 10 wow. or 11 times. 10 through? That's yeah. Cool. Like wow. I know I'm the one screaming when Michelle makes her guess about things. And she's like, I think this comes up in a thing. And I'm like yelling. Yeah. yeah I know this episode. I know this, se- like the whole OC series inside oh, and out. I'm sure you're not alone when we say things <laughs> that people are screaming at their phones and I know. cars. <laughs> I think my emotional weight in this show surpasses the knowledge for it. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 What's your favorite episode? Oh, well, so I, while I do very dislike uh, season four, I think I'm going to have to give it to the Christmaka episode yeah. just because I liked the whole different take on it with the alternate reality. I thought it was a cool like aspect to bring in. And, uh, you know, I like how they dealt with Marissa in that. So I think that is my favorite episode. Um, but besides that, and then the Thanksgiving episode in this season as well, I really liked it with Julie and Ryan's scene. Uh, but other than that, honestly, I think it's just the pilot, just that, that first episode, you know, when you see Ryan, call, um, Ryan being kicked out and you have the, the music starting to play it's like, Oh, I don't know. It's just, it's everything. It so is. I think the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> And then do you actually eat the ice cream you pair with the episodes you So take? majority of the times I do. Some of the times I do not. Wow. I, I would be very, very heavy if I Yes, did. I was going <laughs> to say I would be surprised if you ate the scoop of the week every <laughs> single week. That's great. I need but to hey, sure. a scoop is not the worst. Yeah. No, just a one tiny scoop. You'll be okay. I, I need to be true to my fans, you know. I gotta yes. I can't I can't lie. We appreciate that. We appreciate it, Mike. (laughs) Thank you, Tish. Thanks, Tish. Vic at Muse Chick. She says, congrats, Mike, on the guest spot. Just want to let you firsthand know that I love hearing why you picked the scoop of the week. Aw. Thanks, Vic. She says, I know you are not the biggest fan of Ryan and Taylor, but can't you agree, apart from this whole French mess, that she doesn't bring a lot of drama into his life. She actually brings a lot of joy and makes him smile. Come on, we even have a smile counter. <laughs> and also, Taylor is very mature when it comes to their relationship, like the whole Frank dinner happened. I'm waiting for you to say when Taylor is MVP. Oh. So, well, I did not pick her for MVP, but I do actually have a Taylorism for this episode, even though nice. it, it hurt me so much to do it. But I was like, no, I have to. So I was, I was fair. I was being unbiased. Uh, and I do agree that she doesn't bring the drama that Marissa brought. So that is a plus to, uh, yeah. 
Vic continues with that she thought it was so cute of Ryan to give her a bear and write a poem. It's a totally different Ryan than we're used to seeing. She understands Taylor, but she doesn't like that they need space because usually space doesn't work. Mm, true. She also thought the scenes with Chay and Seth and Ryan and Summer were hilarious and remembers posting about these on Instagram. <laughs> and then a couple of questions. Why do you think Ryan can't tell Taylor how he feels, yet he is willing to say it at the end of the episode? Do you think he's falling for her or he's just not ready to say it? I, I think, I just think he's not, he just doesn't know how to express himself. He doesn't know what to say. And regardless if he feels it or not, he doesn't know how to express that to someone else. Well, he does actually. When he talks to Sandy, you can tell he wants to say it, but he's hesitant because I just don't think he exactly knows. And so in his way of figuring it out is when he wrote the poem. Right. Like, oh, let me, I can figure it out on paper and be able to read it. Yet he couldn't even read it. Taylor had to read it herself. So I just think he has an express expression problem. He's not he's not an expressive person. And also I think it takes him some time to process. That's you remember the whole I love you, Marissa says thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think it's not I don't think he was pressured into saying it. I think he just didn't know yeah. how to say it. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Well, so I kinda like how Summer even said in this episode, like, oh, like you're not the co- a coffee cart type of guy, right. Ryan. Uh, like him telling his girlfriends how he feels isn't really his thing. And I think he's just a man of few words. Also, I'm wondering if he's maybe afraid of being close to someone because of the loss of Marissa still kind of weighing him down. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he is. Absolutely. He's hesitant on expressing so much just in case something were to happen, which it already kind of did in this episode (laughs) right sucks how would you feel if someone told you that being with you is like being on a roller coaster you know (laughs) exciting (laughs) (laughs) would you take it as a compliment i i don't expect anyone to ever say that about me so it's hard to you know because i'm so amazingly even and grounded grounded right same same (laughs) no one would ever say that to me I think I would laugh and be like, oh, you're, there's always like that truth in just kidding. You know what I'm saying? So I think maybe they would meet it in a way where it wasn't the nicest. Yeah. How would you take it, Mike? So I actually use the expression like a roller coaster ride when I'm talking about something like the dentist or something I want to be quick and paint, like get in, get out. You kind of like a roller coaster. I want to get on it and then get off. I don't want to things to linger. So I don't think that would be positive to talk about a relationship like yeah. that just because how I use it. Like I like roller coasters, but I do, I want them to be over like the second they begin. So that's a good point. Yeah. It's so true. Cause roller coasters stress me out. Like the yes. they're, they're over yes. in, the, in the second. Yeah. yeah. They make your yeah. stomach turn and everything. Yeah. That ticking sound. Tick, tick, tick. Oh, oh my God. Oh. I love it though. I love the anxiety. I know. I know. <laughs> Thank you, Vic. Moving over to Jess at Miss Boquist. When Ryan is walking into the bookstore, there is a sign on the window for Big Korea's biography finally coming out. Uh, In season three, we see Summer's prom date as the lead singer of the band Big Korea. She says, I feel like we had three really good episodes, and then last week and this week have been meh. Mm -hmm. 
she agrees with us and Tish. She's torn on whether or not Kirsten should have forgiven Julie already. If you were in Kirsten's position, would you be able to forgive your business partner and friend for turning your mutual business into a prostitution ring <laughs> just one week later? If not, how long do you think it would take? Uh, so it'd be like if you, Liz, I know. turned our podcast network into a prostitution <laughs> into ring. Into a prostitution <laughs> podcast or something behind your back. And we, I had all these clients and I was super secretive. No, I, I wouldn't expect you to forgive me in a week. No. I mean, I'm sure you'd still obviously miss me as your friend, but I wouldn't, <laughs> you know, wouldn't be able to forgive yeah. you, I don't think, that quickly over the business. Like, I would have a lot of resentment there. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. What about you, Mike? I was actually going to ask this question as well. So I would, like, if I was Kiki, I would definitely forgive Juju, but not right away because they are kind of each other's only friends. Yeah. Uh, And regardless, I feel like they are each other's kind of ride or die, uh, especially in this season. Like, I feel like there's really nothing to, like, each other can do to the other one and they won't eventually forgive them with time. But this would definitely definitely take some time more than a week maybe like a month a couple of months i think yeah yeah I'm trying to think i feel like julie has done so much other shit to kirsten but i feel like i can't pinpoint exactly what it is but i they have fought multiple times on the show and it's generally kirsten uh, julie's fault yes yes i nothing is coming to my mind i'm completely <laughs> blanking well i mean you just go back to the newport group with caleb giving her the power yes. but kirsten rescuing her right with, uh, Ke- you know, uh, Juju giving Ryan the information to go find Bullchuck and go yeah. to like a lot of stuff Julie has done to Kirsten, and they generally make up within an episode or two. Kind of because like family, yeah, your family, yeah, essentially your family, and you forgive family and you move on. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, Julie, is, sorry, Julie is Kirsten's stepmom. Stepmom, I know. So you yeah. can't be mad at your ex stepmom, I guess. Yeah. Well, well no, they, they never. Ter- they, they never, never divorced, divorced. Yeah. <laughs> because he passed away. That's so. right. Yeah, so they're very close. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't really like the way Caitlin treats Will and his friends, uh, but she can't remember is Will on the island now. So would I you like to tell us, Mike, on the island, if Will is on the island? I'm 100% positive he is on the island. Yeah, yes, I can I, see that. Which, okay, the way this episode ends, you're like, really? Well, and what was the point then of bringing him in? Just to have the cameo of Chris Brown because it's cool and he's a guest star and he's a celebrity. I don't know. But also we didn't need this storyline whatsoever. I know, but then what do we do with Caitlyn? I feel like I could have created 10 things for them to do with Caitlyn. I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but... I agree. I so, Maybe we'll come up with them for next week. <laughs> I actually like this plot with Caitlyn um, because I feel like it shows a different side to Caitlyn. So back in season three when many when caitlin first came back in the episode the sister act um julie marissa was telling julie oh you should just tell uh caitlin the truth she'll be fine i'm fine with it and julie said something said well that's because you're your father's daughter but caitlin's all me and i think this and i think this kind of shows how like how caitlin is like julie with the breakup with will because she kind of saw how, what the relationship was doing to like him as a person. And she decided to break it off. And I think that's very similar to what Julie does later in the, I don't want to give spoilers, but what Julie does later in this season in regards to the bullet and yeah. Frank situation. 
So I kind of yeah. saw a little bit of comparison there. So to me, it showed kind of Caitlin realizing and kind of growing up a little. So. Yes. Michelle and I were just discussing prior, though, I, we felt as though she could have expressed it a little bit less bratty in a way or maybe a little bit more sensitive to will's emotions and feelings in it she kind of just brushed him off didn't really explain herself because she felt like that was the best way to go about it it's just asking a lot for a character who that's just how she is even though deep down you know she's hurting yeah well, I mean, she was also sent away for boarding school for most it, of her life. Right. And we said that. Like, we understand her background. Yeah, of yeah definitely. Everything her, she's got. And her through. pony had alopecia, which is tragic. I know. Right. She had a lot of trauma <laughs> really in her traumatic. life. <laughs> and then Jess says that even though she's on Team Taylor when it comes to Ryan, she's glad that Taylor decided to be on her own. Yeah, I agree, too. Yes. yes. We got an email from Chris. And he says, I just want to get it out there with how shocked I am about how many people are saying season four is their favorite. (laughs) I knew there was season two lovers. And even though I don't agree that's the best season, I could at least go along with it. But season four being the best? Come on now. That's just crazy talk. (laughs) Season one is so magical and great. Season four is overly goofy. And you can tell by this point the actors, especially Seth, are just phoning it in. You guys reading all the emails and messages y'all get on how many people love this season just really surprised me, and I just wanted to share that. I thought we were all in agreement that these last two seasons of The O.C. were not as good, but I'm finding out that I might be in the minority thinking that. Interesting. I mean, I feel like last time I watched it, the first time and only time at that point, it kind of just progressed as like, yeah, season one was great, and then season two was great, and then you kind of went like three and four maybe weren't so much, but... When you di- digest it and dissect it each week, it's like the character development makes the seasons that are maybe lacking get better mm-hmm. because you're watching these characters develop and grow and the relationships and we're looking at it at different eyes, different ages. So, yeah, I mean, for a true fan, I can understand like, yes, number one, first season, classic, you don't need to touch it. I could agree to that. But as a critiquing standpoint, we're critiquing it each week. And there are things that we love about each season and there are things that we don't. But yeah, I guess we were gotten an overwhelming amount of people who said season four was their favorite. And hey, I'd like to think maybe, maybe just maybe, we're turning people's opinions (laughs) on season four and they are coming out to us feeling like it's a safe zone. Like, oh, actually, I do like season four. Right. That's just how I like to interpret it. Hopefully, you feel the same. <laughs> Mike, how would you like? Because I was excited to get this email. And yeah, I love I, the contrast. Yeah, and I emailed Chris. And I was like, hey, do you mind if we discuss this on the podcast? And I knew you were going to be here, Mike. So I was like, this is great because now we have a third perspective. Right, and Mike loves the show, adores yeah. it, has seen it 10 times plus. So what do you think? So honestly, like Lisa said, I was a season one and two. That's it, like three, four garbage. But this yeah. podcast... <laughs> has opened my eyes to season three and I actually enjoyed season three and I didn't find it as nauseating as I normally did this rewatch. And I definitely think that's part of the, uh, from the two of you in this podcast. So thank you for, for making me opening my eyes to season three, but season one, I, I always, every time I watch it, I always forget how much happens in season one and how it could, that, 
in itself could have been stretched to like two or three seasons. Yeah, they definitely. Just it. Like I, I'm always like I know Michelle. You'd mentioned that Ant kind of makes fun of you because when you rewatch, you like gasp at things. And he's like, you've already seen it, but oh, I still do the same. Like I every time I watch it, I always like gasp. I'm like, oh right, that happened, and like oh no, yeah. So yeah, I, I remember just, when we first started watching it again, Michelle's like, I can't believe this happens only in season one. Yeah. <laughs> so much happens. Yeah. Like, but thank you, Mike, ride, for that. Yeah. The, sorry. The ride to TJ isn't that long and you think it's a lot longer, but the TJ episode's actually like really quick into season one, but it doesn't yeah. feel like it. Yeah. That's true. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, I want to hear more on... You know, his perspective. I know. Send us more emails, one. Chris. Not trying to like sway you to the dark side, Chris. <laughs> no. But I think as a whole, we just love talking about the OC, right? That's the whole purpose of the I mean, podcast. Let's talk OC, right? <laughs> let's talk about it. So we I love to talk about what you love and what you don't love. And it's it's good to hear everyone's opinions. Because yeah. I'm sure you're not alone. No. By any means. No. Uh Mike, do you have questions or comments for us? That's all we have yes. for our listeners. I have a little bit of comments. Uh, so first, the pink eye excuse that Ryan used for Seth, best excuse. I've used that excuse <laughs> multiple times to like get out of work because it's the easiest excuse because you don't need a doctor's note because you know you just go and you say, "Oh, my eye was closed. It's itchy. It's pink, and the drops right. are the drops are over the counter." So it is a gold excuse to use. I definitely love it. <laughs> and then, um, so I kind of did a little digging. So with um, the uh, Seth's like dream that his spirit animal was an otter. So I actually looked up. So I know I tried to look what um, an otter meant, and I went with the Patronuses. So like a hair. Oh my god! Uh huh. So one website says uh, through their affinity to water, otters are symbolic of life and purification. Otters are also extremely playful and curious. They have no reservations about following their curiosity since they are also fearless without many enemies in the wild these little guys don't have much reasons to be afraid associated with friendship otters can often be found holding hands while sleeping and then another website said uh basically uh otters carefree so just like exactly kind of like what the um what the other website read so I think that's more describes summer as opposed to Seth. Mm, agreed. Um, so I don't like, obviously they did, they just picked an otter and they're not expecting people to, you know, dig deep and find what the meanings of otters are. But um, I think that's more of a summer uh, description. So maybe it shows that um, Seth's like meant to be with like him and summer are end game and like, that's why he dream- he dreamt of an otter. Like it was kind of just it was summer. Yeah, or maybe uh, he's like trying to be more like summer mm-hmm. because she needed her time to find herself. Yeah, and so maybe he was like, "Well, let me try and be like summer and less like me." <laughs> but and, yeah, I could agree. It sounds like her. And then Che said he was a frog. So yes. a frog is remarkably adaptable, capable of undergoing astonishing transformation from tablet to adult frog, and is also equally content on land or in water. The ability uh, is present in your personality, and as a result, you are comfortable in almost any situation because 
You're a generally easygoing person. You make friends easily. You are cool under pressure and have little to no difficulty con- um, whatever, conjuring your Patronus when needed. Uh, so I think this is kind of fitting for Che because we did see him kind of be this easygoing uh, activist person. And when he was under pressure with when they got caught, he did, I guess, stay a little cool. I know he did sell out Summer, but he... Like, it wasn't like he freaked out as opposed to where Summer kind of did. So I just thought that was kind of fitting for Che, the frog. Um, Yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I I mean, like I said, I have a Taylorism and I have MVP and shittiest. Well, let us know your Taylorism. So uh, it was the quote. So... So what does Brutus, Judas, Benedict, Arnold, Julius Rosenberg, Ethel Rosenberg, although that's debatable, and you have in common? I thought <laughs> I that, that was amazing with her thing for uh, with Summer. Vic yeah. also chose that, that one. That one was really yeah. funny. Yeah. And then what? who is your MVP? So I have – so I gave Ryan my MVP. Okay. Um, because he is trying to show Taylor that he cares in his own Ryan way. And, you know, he did give her a teddy bear, which even Summer commented on that that was pretty big for Ryan. And at the end, he did write that poem. But I did have a blue ribbon for Che and Julie. Che for traveling all the way to sense something wrong with Summer and and try to help her. And then Julie, because she really tried. I know what she did was bad, but she knew that, like, she needed to get Kirsten back in her life. And she did what the only thing she can think of. So I kind of liked her little joke she played. Mm. Wow. Do you have great at manipulating? Yes. Do you have a shittiest? Yeah. So I picked Taylor. Shocker. But the reason why I picked her is because I don't like that she was still with um, Henri Michelle in the beginning. Like, I think she could have, like, she's kind of leading him on. Like, she didn't want to be with him, but she still picked out stuff for the apartment. And then, mm-hmm. like, at the beginning of the episode, I know later on it, it changed, but I kind of didn't like that she was kind of leading him on and hanging him around. I get that. I do. Good choices. Uh, Before we part ways, I do have a question, and I was inspired because at We Love the OC, our buddies on Instagram, they posted, name your favorite OC characters in order from like to dislike. Okay? So they listed Ryan, Summer, Marissa, Seth, Taylor. So mm-hmm. all the core kids. For, right. For and so, Mike, since you've seen this series so many times, I would love to know your order of these five characters. So, okay. So me as a newly 30-year-old, because that changes, your age does change. I know you guys brought this up. But totally. From the beginning, because <laughs> from the beginning, Seth was hands down my favorite. But as you get older, you realize he kind of slips in the rankings. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it would be Ryan, Summer, Marissa, Seth, and then Taylor, which I think is – is that how they – Yeah. They, yeah, I, I agree Is that with how that. they picked they, – yeah. That's exactly that's what exactly the image was. That's so funny. Because so, it's the most gro- – I think the most growth is with Ryan and Summer. And Seth gets a little bit of growth, but he kind of stays the same. Yes, I could agree to that. Yeah. And and – so I commented because I know who my favorite is, but at this moment I'm not. I, I'm still struggling with how to place them. Do you have any core guts? Core guts? Do you have my, any core my feeling? Core gut is I want to say Marissa, Ryan, 
summer Taylor Seth. But that's just my core gut at the moment. Yeah. I know. And I was really trying. But what happens is, like you said, Mike, earlier, like what we say is my nostalgia mm-hmm. kicks in there. Yeah. And is and I wanna I feel like I wanna play Seth lower, but then I'm like, well But you don't because it's nostalgia. Like you I loved Seth right. when as a 16, 17 year old girl, Seth was my dream. Yeah. <laughs> At that age, you know? Yeah, and then we did, we had that one listener who is 17, and she's still like, it holds up. Seth's great. Right. So it's just what you like at the moment, you know? Right. Yeah. But I thought that was a... No, it's a great a really game, and we question. should play that. And because I know where people are now sending us their... Uh, tops and bottoms. Tops and bottoms, which I'm reading. Tops and bottoms sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> top, top, by, <laughs> top by bottom vibers. We're going to start incorporating that into uh, After Dark, and we do have one this week. Yes. But... Just for those core five alone is, like, interesting to rank. And I'm glad that they threw Taylor in there. Me too. I'm glad. Because she does hold her own. She does. From the end of the show. Yeah. I know not everyone wants to consider her as a main character, but they do give her a lot of drama. Well, for four they do. Yeah, well, for four, definitely. But she does get in the, what does she call herself, the second circle or something by the end of three. Oh, oh, Mike! I think we lost you, but we didn't want to leave off like yeah, that. Yeah, we didn't want to just like leave you hanging by. <laughs> but um, I do, I do quickly. Sorry, I remembered. I did rank Julie's lovers. If you guys are still... yes, yes, please. Know. Not many people sent yeah. us theirs. I know I have Vix, but please let me know. I asked on Instagram, and we talked about this last week on the episode. How would you rate Julie's lovers? Yes. So and maybe if you yeah. figured out ones that we missed because she. Has random people here and there, uh, right? I, okay, so I and we're gonna leave out Frank and the bullet. Yep, sure. I don't. Okay, so uh, I ranked Jimmy as number one because she generally had real feelings for Jimmy. She says in season one to Jimmy, "You married me because I was pregnant, but I married you because I loved yeah, you." Yeah, that's true. So, and like Jimmy did her dirty with the scandal, sure so like did. that's why she she left him. And then Neil gets second because once again, I think she had genuine feelings for Neil. He just couldn't handle the Julie. Mm-hmm. And then you are going to be shocked at this. And let me explain. Number three, I put Lance. Oh, okay. Because, because I think like before the, his like the porn scandal, he, they did like date. And I think she did have feelings for him too. Again. And you know, when they were dancing, in um to every rose has its thorn yes, yeah. which is what they were dancing yeah. to. Um you know you saw kind of like a connection there that she actually liked him. So I mean he did do something shitty but and illegal but so did Jimmy. So I mean True. Do, True. She has a type. <laughs> you know you know it's kinda yeah. And then four I picked Cal because she didn't really have feelings for him but dated him basically for the money yeah. and for who he is. Uh, then I ranked Spencer right under that, mm-hmm. along with the one night stand guy that Caitlin saw in the kitchen, and she's like, "Are you know?" Oh my god, right? The tennis right. trainer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah or, or whatever. Whoever's. Yeah, because because th- that was just like a fling, nothing really um, going on there. Number six, I chose Sandy, like Alt World, yeah. because I mean he belongs with with Kirsten, so that's just wrong. Uh, and then Che. Once again, from Alt World, it was an affair. And how can you choose Che over Sandy? Yeah, never. So 
And then last is Luke. We all discussed yeah. Luke. Yeah. The cringe aspect of that. Yeah. So I'll share Vix. Yeah. She said she's not decided. Like we said, we're not going to do Bullet or Frank. Team Julie, really. Mm-hmm. But Neil, they might have made it work. Cal, they could have been the ultimate power couple. Yeah. Jimmy, he disappointed her a lot. Lance, in the end, he left her alone. Uh, Sandy, in alt-universe. <laughs> and then Luke, so inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to pick anyone but Julie. Yeah. I had my yeah. friend Amy, actually. She commented, and she said Jimmy's a babe and always <laughs> Yeah, he totally is. That made me laugh. But thank you, Mike, for ranking, and thank you, Vic. And thank you, Mike, so much for joining us. Yeah. So much fun. Thank you for, thank you for hosting the competition and uh, having me on here. So fun. I was excited. I I got the notification when I was at the gym and I my workout was over. Uh. I was like, no, I, I'm done. I'm going to be on the podcast. And then I texted right away, took a screenshot and sent it to all my friends. And everyone's like, oh, my God. Everyone's like, it's rigged. They all love you. Oh, no. I was like, no, 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 guys. It was it was real. They they picked yes. me. It is a random selection, it but is. we absolutely do adore you, Mike. Yes, we do. <laughs> we absolutely I, do. I, I adore this podcast and I was so happy to be a part of this episode. So glad. I'm glad we got to get the live ice cream scoop. I know the delivery. What a treat. It's like Literally. the ice cream man came treat. for us, yeah. you know? <laughs> ice cream man. Yeah. In fact, my this time. This time without Christmas get up and, and yes, so. that was so great to receive so that good. on Christmas though. Yeah, and it's funny too because now our community just love like knows who you are, and that's what's so okay. great about this. People look forward to your yeah. school week. My sister and her husband are going to be on the podcast next week, and oh, okay. they always are like, "Oh man, how's Mike? How's the ice cream correspondent? <laughs> he's so good. He, is he working for Hallmark yet? Because he should." <laughs> <laughs> so we really appreciate right. it and. Just thank you so much for uh, taking the time out and joining us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. All right. Enjoy the rest of the podcast or enjoy the rest of the episode. Thanks, Mike. We hope you enjoyed our chat with Mike. Thank you again, Mike. We sure did. It was so fun. Some music in this episode. We had Sufjan Stevens, The Western States Motel, April March, The Low Standards, Tolly Hall, Charlotte Gainsborg, and Sparkle Horse. Sparkle? Sparkle horse. Oh, sparkle. Sparkle horse. Sparkle horse. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that better than sparkle horse. For the people in the back. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some of our segments, some fashion in this episode. Uh, Che's word to your llama shirt. I loved Seth's let's get physical mm-hmm. shirt. Julie's brown top with the, I have like little like polka dots in the fabric. It's very cute. Yeah, I like Summer's Peace Sign pajamas. I liked Taylor's red pencil skirt. Yes. I love that whole outfit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kirsten's stacking rings. She had these thin silver rings. Uh, Taylor's pinkish cream sweater. Mm -hmm. I felt that Caitlin's dress that she wore at the bake sale was very Marissa. Yeah, so the long torso with the belt. I didn't like no, it. No, I didn't like it either, but didn't it feel Marissa? <laughs> yeah, it was very Marissa because Marissa always wore like the belts over the shirt. Very Hollister, Abercrombie. Yeah. Uh, I like Julie's black silk shirt at the end. Yes. That was it. Quotes? Uh, che transcends space and time. Atwood? Hey, Roberts. Right. Well, he had pink eye. Where is the iron butterfly that inspired me so? I don't remember who says this, but then I'm allergic to you. 
Yeah, who did say who that? Who said that? Kirsten. Kirsten said that to Julie. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Julie gave her chocolate. She's like, oh, chocolates. And yes, like, yes, yes. Chocolates. There we go. It tastes like urine, but apparently that's how you Americans like it. I also had that. Gummy bears. Kiki, you're calling me. You kind of got a big neck. All we need is my harmonica. Got it. Your broken spirit and these giant backpacks. <laughs> That's probably the nicest gift he's ever given. I can hear you. What's that, little fella? You don't feel well? That's okay. I can take care of you. Oh, my God. Uh, I just had my last one. A mug. Don't know who said that. I'm assuming Taylor or Summer. A mug. <laughs> Uh, Jess liked, Kirsten, I'm allergic to chocolate. No, you're not. I'm allergic to you. Yes. Do you have your Taylorism? I do. Taylor. 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 Ah, that Taylor. But it's, it's fine, though. I, I, I'm fine, because Ryan and I were never really going to work anyway. He doesn't even like cheese. Oh. That is mine as yes! well. Yes! I feel like she has a lot of normal quotes, not so much Taylorisms in this episode. So I, I like that one. It's just funny. that one. Just I was like, well, obviously. He doesn't like cheese? What? So smile counter. I only had one. I had three, which I think Question is fine. Mark? Stretch. Vic had two. Okay, so I don't feel so bad. So we're all in the same. He was having a rough time this episode. Yeah. How about your MVP and shittiest? Sure. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one, summer. Vic also chose summer. Did she? Why did you choose her? I just felt I love the gesture, the romantic gesture, even though I feel like calling Che, telling him, yeah, it's okay for you to come because you sent something wrong with Seth was out there. Uh, I just like, I just, she was a good friend to Taylor too. And Ryan, she helped them out. But mostly for the romance, like saying, I still want to be with you. I still love you. Please just give me some time to be become me. But she still wanted to show him I, I want to be with you with the romantic gesture. And so I really liked that. I chose Taylor hmm. for finally choosing herself. That's also a great reason. And while many could view it as, well, she's always been viewing herself because she's so self-absorbed and she just needs love. And But no, she's finally like, well, I have to be by myself and I have to be strong on my own. That's why I chose Taylor. Jess chose Ryan for going outside of his comfort zone, expressing how he feels similar to what Mike said. Yes, I could agree with that. Shittiest? Yeah, I have a blue ribbon for my shittiest too. It's not like, I have a question mark. Is it my favorite? No. Yeah. Yeah. But. Okay. Three, two, one, Caitlin. That's a good choice for the manipulation. Well, I just, yes, for the manipulation. And I just think even if women are that mean, just don't make them think they have chlamydia. Yeah. It's not right. It's not right. Not good for your business that and, you're, well, right. I, know, I guess, I don't know if she cares at this point. And even though I laughed a lot with about the Julian Kirsten back and forth, I... I feel like, Julie, come on, honey. I know. I feel like she's regressed a little bit that the last desperate. couple. Like, out of all the things, that's how you get her to I talk know. to you for chlamydia. Yeah, you could have done anything else. Not good. Yeah, I, I could agree. But I picked Caitlin just for the way she handled the Will situation. I did appreciate her not backing down, saying, no, you, 
I'm not in the wrong here. I didn't choose this. But the way that she broke it off with Will was really harsh. Yeah. Um, But I do have a blue ribbon for Taylor because like Mike, I felt like she didn't really, even though I understand why she did it, as we always say, she lashes to whoever says they love her. But the leading on of Henri Henri Michelle and then saying, yeah, I'll move in with him. It was just all too fast. You're not even like broken up really with Ryan. You guys haven't spoken, but there wasn't the official like we're broken up. Right, we were on a break. I mean, no, <laughs> you know? because she even says, "I have, I still, have, I haven't done anything with Henri Michelle." She says, "I haven't done anything yeah. because I still have a boyfriend, but I guess I don't have a boyfriend." Right, so I don't like that, and I feel that she wasn't actually ever going to move in with him, regardless of this, because I would hope she not. just kept putting it off and making excuses, and she even said, "I can't mooch off of you guys anymore," but yeah, uh, Jess also showed chose Caitlin and Vic chose Henri Michelle. Okay, yeah. I mean, Henri Michelle, I feel like he's just he's just himself. He's whatever. Yeah, he's not trying to be anyone he's not. No. So, I don't really fault him in anything. I don't either. He, I'm glad to see you on the island. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> so, we got him on the island and Will on the island. Just Correct. getting that just get Trey Trey Che there and I'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But thank you guys for submitting your MVP and shit. Yeah, thank you. Patron of the week. It's patron of the it's week. Patron of the week. It's patron of the week. It's patron of the week. It's patron of the week. This week, we have a brand new patron Ooh. to the network. Her name is Lexi, Lexi, and she might sound familiar because she has been sending us questions and comments um, in the most recent weeks, and I wanted to shout out her handle on Instagram. She is at Lexi, at Lexi Silverberg blog. I didn't want to mess that up. <laughs> it's a little bit of a tongue twister, um, but we just want to say welcome to the network, we are so happy to have you. Hopefully you enjoy your time with us. We can't wait to get to know you a little bit more. You're clearly an OC fan, so please reach out to us with the OC stuff. And I named her, <laughs> I always laugh at my names, uh, Silver Screen Lex, because her last name is Silverberg. <laughs> and I was like, she's on the silver screen. Cute. Yeah, it's a stretch, but I hope it's cute. <laughs> I love it. So thank you, Lexi, for joining us. We can't wait to explore your OC uh, knowledge and your thoughts and stuff. And so we're, we're excited. Thank you, Lexi. Yes. Silver Screen Lex. I like Silver Screen Lex. <laughs> It's like Silver Skeeter from Doug. Oh, yeah. Silver Skeeter. (laughs) (laughs) It's a throwback. It also ages Yeah. Love it. All right, Les. Are you ready for Mm, this haiku? Yes, I am. Which Sam and Bobby will be here. I'm excited about that. Me too. They're always a really good time. So here's your haiku for season four, episode 12, which is crazy. It's episode 12. Oh, my my God. God. We only have a month left. Yikes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And you know what? Every week when I go to get the title, right? And I'm like, and I count, and I'm like, oh my God, we are so close to the end. I know. Wow. This seems real though, for some reason. Like episode 12, Ooh. only four more. Yikes. Oh. <laughs> All right. 
So here's your haiku for the Groundhog Day. Oh, yes. Therapy and news change the outlook for some. We have a birthday. Therapy and news. <laughs> change the outlook for some. Therapy and news. Does Summer go back to therapy? Maybe um, Taylor should go to therapy. She wants to find herself. Both Summer and Taylor mm-hmm. are on the same little journey here. They're trying to become better selves to be better partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe something with them. But I'm trying to think of who else needs therapy. I don't remember anyone else getting therapy, but everyone could use it. Definitely. Maybe Ryan. Ryan would be good in therapy. Ryan Maybe be, Caitlin. Caitlin would, would be, be good. great in therapy. Maybe a little guidance counselor scenario with her. With her. Um, Maybe Julie. I mean, everyone could use therapy. Hmm. And then the last part was a birthday. Whose birthday can it be? I'm trying to think of who we've already... We've already done Ryan. Maybe it's... Kirsten's birthday. And she... Needs to go to therapy? Is she... (laughs) Maybe? (laughs) I'm turning a big age. Mm -hmm. She go to therapy. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to deal. Is she like turning... She's not turning 50. She's turning 40. She's turning 40? Spoiler. That's it? 40? Yeah. Can what you a imagine baby. 40. And having, having a 19-year-old? 18, 19. 18. Jeez. Oh, my God. I'm so happy I predicted that. I know. Holy crap. That was really good. <laughs> she's turning 40, so she's going to have a midlife crisis. God, I wish I looked like that at 30. She's amazing. I know. Anyway. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Is Jay in next episode? Yes. Oh, come on. I hope that's his last appearance. We can't have the last four have this Che character. Have How this dumb. Che character. So dumb. Like, let's let's hone in on, like, family time, <laughs> friend time. Get out of here, stragglers. We only stragglers. have four more weeks of goodness, so don't waste my time with this Che stupid idiot. <laughs> no offense to you, Chris Pratt. I just think your character is stupid. Um, I just want what I would hope for the next four is I know there's some big things to come. Oh shit! I can't wait to talk after dark because I don't want to spoil things I for anyone. Some who wheels I, yeah, my wheels are turning. Yours. So I will I will continue in after dark. Hopefully, I don't offend too many people who have not seen it. But hey, at this point. Please let us know if you haven't. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> because we've said, you know, I feel like we haven't had anyone reach out and saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm following along with the podcast and I've never seen it. I don't know what happens. Right. We we say reach out to us if you're a newbie and no one and has no reached one out. no one ever does. The amount of you and there's a large number of you, which yeah. we are so grateful for. Yes. But it seems that none of you are newbies. Which, hey, that's great. That's cool. Yeah, but we're still going to continue this after dark until oh, the yeah. end because why not? It's fun. And just in case someone comes someone, someone comes in randomly, uh, we'll still continue that. But I'm excited to discuss an after talk for my predictions. It was good, Liz. Thank you. You did a good I'm job. I'm shocked I got Kirsten's birthday. It could have been anyone's Me birthday. Me too. 
And I feel that my face just gives things away. I was like, wow. <laughs> That's why I feel for Gossip Girl, too. I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. But really inside, I just like want to tell you everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that is all we have for this week for The Dream Lover. Thank you so much to everyone who reached out, who gave us comments and their questions. Thank you again to Mike for being Thank you, Mike. For co-hosting with us through our segments. We love your energy. It's so great. The enthusiasm for the OC. Yes. Uh, If you're an Apple podcast listener, please consider leaving us a review. We got another review. What is happening in the world? I mean, I don't know if I'm being mean and pressuring you guys or if it's actually working because you're like, oh, wow, let me listen. Let me leave. Let's talk. Go see your review because it makes them happy. Because yeah, it really does. It really does. And we've noticed a surge of um, international yes. listeners. So, so we're so uh, glad that we use um, this website called Charitable that shows us reviews and stats from around the world because iTunes in the U.S., you can only see right. Apple podcast users in the U.S. So right. silly, but we're excited. Yeah. So I wanted to shout out Jess862 from Great Britain. Nice. They write, loving this podcast, five stars. I am rewatching The OC for the millionth time, but first time in my 30s, and this is the perfect podcast to listen along with. Binging both the show and this podcast, so much OC and loving it. X. Thank you so much. And so cool, again, that you're in your 30s like us yeah. and watching. New eyes, new perspective. We discuss it differently. So thank you so much. And if you haven't yet and you're considering it, please leave us a review. Please, 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 please. We're not desperate. We It just helps our show. <laughs> yeah. And we love hearing from you. If you'd like to know what else we're up to, you can check out ittakes3network.com. That's our Patreon page. And we ha- have things like becoming a guest host with us, just like Mike was. He's one of our patrons. Uh, we have behind the scenes. You get the episodes a day earlier. We have Netflix parties for Gossip Girl, Three Gossip Girls, our other podcast. We have a lot of fun over there. And as always, stay tuned for after the credits, we go into After Dark where we will discuss spoilers and I will talk about uh, this week's top five and bottom five from one of our listeners. Oh, nice. So thank you so much and we will see you next week. After dark, after dark. dark. Let's talk. Let's talk. After dark. So, you know what happens next week? Is it? No, no. It, does she find out she's pregnant next week? So Jess said she read ahead because she couldn't remember, but Kirsten's pregnant. <gasps> I ver- I feel Baby like Sophie. Oh it's, too it's so soon. It's so soon. I thought it was soon. literally in the finale episode where they were just like holding a baby. Like, yeah, we had a baby. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Okay, so she finds out she's having a baby on her fortieth birthday. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah. I mean, good for them, but also, so she, does she go to therapy? No, no, it's not her. Taylor does. Makes sense. Yeah. I would hope that she would get some help there since she's struggling in that department. So that kind of can spun off to, Vic wrote, 
do you think it was necessary for Taylor's ex to come back? And if not, or if so, what kind of drama do you think they would have done if he didn't? Oh, yeah. Uh, do I think it was necessary? No. Do I know what I would want in replace of that? No. <laughs> um, hmm. For growth, maybe? Yeah, I feel like maybe we should, with these characters, show some development as far as like, I know in the beginning of the season, we started started them out, either Ryan, you know, them going to school. And now I feel like the last couple of weeks, they're kind of like all in limbo. So it would be nice if we use that to like progress future careers and college degrees and f- dorm life. Maybe I would have liked that um, for a time. But I, as always, it's hard to guess what I would want it to be because this is what the writers envisioned and that's what they wanted it to be. So who yeah. am I to say it should be any different? But Henri Michelle, I don't really like the storyline. Don't think it was necessary. No. Uh, Tish says she's really excited for the next couple of weeks because Will is finally gone. Yeah. And doesn't really remember what happens besides the big stuff. But it's funny that Che thinks he's in love with Seth next week. Oh, my goodness. I'm not looking forward to that stupid shit. I'm really not because... But it gets wrapped up. Well, I'm glad. You don't remember how that... I actually remember. Does he kiss him or something? (laughs) No. Am I going to hate it? (laughs) I don't think so because it it makes sense. Like it all gets there and you're like, oh, okay. And I can't believe I remembered because when I was... And I didn't even look it up. I just was like Groundhog Day and then Kirsten. And then for some reason I had this vision. I'm like... Che with the visions I was like oh yeah they like go to help a groundhog and then one of the volunteers is dressed as a groundhog and it's like oh I'm actually in love with a groundhog if I'm remembering correctly which Mike, um, are you screaming right now you can write so to me. he's not in love with Seth he's in love with a groundhog well it, it's it got blurry lines got blurry okay. <laughs> but it's not actually a groundhog it's a woman dressed as the groundhog Oh. There's like someone who has a costume on. Okay. Is it like the movie Groundhog's Day? No. Okay. There's nothing of that like. Like you're not going to wake up and repeat. Right. No. I was going to say there's nothing of that in there. I don't think so. If, I mean. Because that would make sense. I would. Not that they would do kind of a. But they wouldn't do that after fake-ish ar- Yeah. Episode again. Yeah. Add the OC memories sent us their top five and bottom five. So I also want to make an announcement since we're doing this every week. And thank you so much for sending OC memories. But if you want us to read your top five and bottom five, please send it to us. So you can send it through Instagram or email it to us. Also, if you have anything that you want to share in terms of an an article for a later episode or something for the end or a bonus episode idea, email it to us. Yeah. Because the DMs sometimes get flooded and lost and I never want to miss anything and I feel bad if I miss something. So at let's talk oc at gmail just let's talk oc at gmail not at <laughs> but that that way we can keep everything in one place yeah it's easier to see them there and i never want to lose anything but okay so here is at the oc memories they're on instagram they're top five bottom five top five most favorite character being first is ryan since my first time watching it i have always loved him inside and out number two is taylor townsend she is my spirit animal oh Three is Summer. I just love her personality and growth and aspire to be her badass with confidence. Number four is Sandy. Number five is Seth. Okay. 
Bottom five from being first being the worst. Okay. Trey. Trey. After everything he put Ryan through, I hate him with a passion. Two is Oliver. Three is Lindsay. She drives me crazy because she's so whiny and boring. (laughs) Johnny. He's just a sad sack. Number five is Frank. I find him super creepy and I don't like his storyline with Julie. Bottom five, honorable mention. I can't exactly put Marissa in the bottom five because she doesn't always bother me, but I really can't stand her in season three the way she was towards Ryan. So when I was reading her, their bottom five and I got to Marissa being in the bottom five honorable mention, I was wondering about that. And I was like, wow, Volchuk isn't even in. No. And is that because he got Marissa off or do because we see Volchuk? He's still a bad dude. Yeah, of course. Like, would you put Volchuk in your bottom five? I don't think so. I think he's irrelevant to me. Not irrelevant because obviously he plays a huge part in something that happens in the show. Um, but I I think once I do my top five and bottom five, I'm going to really think at a, about yeah, it. Yeah, like as a like as a whole whole picture. And I does Volchuk have a special place in my heart for that? Probably not. Yeah. And I don't think so. We'll have to again do the love to hate section, which oh, yeah. is Oliver. Love, to me, love to Oliver, hate Oliver gets that. Do I love to and, hate Volchuk? And maybe not really. Jimmy, I love to Lo- hate Jimmy. Do I, do I hate, hate Jimmy? Him. Do I, is he a shitty person? Yeah. yeah. But I don't, I nothing. Like I love him so yeah. much, but not for the reasons that I should. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Exactly. I love Tate. I love the character of Jimmy. He means well. He just doesn't ever do well. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for sending. And everyone who has sent previous, it's definitely getting my wheels turning of your placements mm-hmm. of people. And yeah. And also, like we said with Mike, I was giving the the core five. Let us know your ranking. Yeah, that's a great one. I, think, I, You know what I think we could do if you're cool with it? This is just me spinning be. it. Mm-hmm. If we did a complete bonus episode on top five, bottom five, and the rankings of them all in one. So that way we can like really go into depth. Top five, bottom five, and then... And then the rankings of the kids. Of the core five. Yeah, but or should that go... Because I know we wanted to do individual episodes of kids. No, I think we should do rankings in one. And then lead up to like each individual episode. That's a good idea. Yeah. Good teamwork. Good teamwork. That was great. <laughs> yeah, it's really... I'm very excited to put my list together. I Me feel too. this will be... There's a, a lot of pressure, though. It's a, a lot of pressure. it's, like, definitive. I mean, obviously, we, we could always change our answers. We hope you guys don't be like, yeah, you it's can't like change it. It's like when I change my noodle answer. Yeah. I've changed my noodle answer. Quite a bit. I know. <laughs> and then sometimes I change my sauce. Yeah, it's just however you're feeling. And like maybe next year, if someone were to ask me, what's your top and bottom five OC, it will feel a little bit different that I've marinated. I don't know. You know, it will be tough. Top five and bottom five of Gossip Girl because (laughs) I don't think I have a top five right now. Well, same. No, I feel like we won't feel that way until the end of the series. And even then, I don't know. it's a completely different world it's yeah i have no love like true love for anyone right now yeah so sorry you gossip girl fans um but you can head over to (laughs) three gossip girls pod 
to check out our uh, feed over there. Yeah, we have fun over there. Yeah. Do you have any other questions about what's to When's come? the earthquake? That is, I believe, the penultimate. Penultimate? Okay. Is that the penultimate? I, I honestly had so. no... I honestly felt that they told us she was pregnant in the last episode, like in the beginning, and then towards the end, like they're holding Sophie. They're like, here she is. That's <laughs> how <laughs> so it happens. I'm glad we get to see a little bit of the finding out of that. Like, I didn't remember that at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was one big thing I remember to happen. The earthquake is the big thing I remember to happen. And then obviously the last episode, the wedding and Yeah, and the wedding whatever. is kind of a flash forward. Yeah, it's like the end of this episode, right? Yeah. So that's the kind of three it. big things that I remember really happening besides the Julie graduating. I know that's just kind of like in passing, like they show it. I mean, I right now, okay, so we're... 11 episodes into four. I'm not sure if I like it more than three at this point. And we said, yeah, I, we rated that three was the worst. But, yes. But these past couple have not been. I know it makes it hard. favorites. And that's how I feel great. like top and bottom five a lot too. I'll jot it down. And then a few weeks later, I'm like, scratch it off. I'm like, no. Yeah. But it's just how you're feeling at the time. No. So that's why I feel like there's a lot of pressure for top five and bottom five to really hone in on like, this is what this makes this person good. This makes this person less. And kind of what Chris was saying too, is I feel for as light as it is, and I guess it's okay to be in it. Yeah. It, it's just, I think right now, like, especially with this episode and last episode, missing a little bit of Marissa. It is. It's missing some sort of like oomph. And we were saying like, wow, we don't want oomph. We want some lightness. We want some. Yeah. But now it's kind of they spun it a little bit too light for too long. And we're looking for something a little bit more relatable and serious and maybe romantic or heartfelt. Just something. And you can almost tell, too, that this is coming to an end. Like those series feels like it's ending. Yeah. Not like, that we know it's ending, like there's a definitive ending date. We it, it just seems it like, like they're they're like fizzled out a little yeah. bit, and they don't know what content to bring to the surface. Which I think that's what Chris was saying in his email. Yeah, and I can't understand that. Like, I feel like four started out pretty strong, and yeah, then it great. started to get the emotional aspect of it. And I am a huge proponent of Taylor and Ryan, so I was really enjoying that until maybe the last two weeks. This week especially, I felt like, not to use the word filler, but I could gone without everything that had happened. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to next week because yeah, we'll at least we get a little bit more development and we get the, you know, the news of baby Cohen coming, right. which is so exciting. Right. And a birthday. And a birthday. Yeah. So yeah. I'm looking forward to next week. and having Sam and Bobby on because everyone loves the therapist. Oh, yeah, the therapist. It's great back. because if there's therapy in next week's episode. No, I think that's why Sam chose it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what emoji should mm. our lovely listeners send us? Shout out to everyone who's sending our emojis. And Jacqueline, I see you sending. Thank you so much. <laughs> Sends that in the DMs. Thank love you. Love it. Oh, what emoji? Hmm. Should we do cheese? Is there an otter? <laughs> oh, is there an otter? I don't think there's an otter, but cheese would be funny. Cheese. Send us cheese. Yeah, there's definitely cheese. Yeah. 
That works. <laughs> Just a block of cheese. Just a block of cheese. <laughs> there is a cheese emoji, right? Yeah. I'm 99.9999% positive okay. there is. Okay, cool. So guys, send us cheese. <laughs> we'll see you next week.